you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 104. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Continuing on with the story of the day series, the story that I want to share with you guys today is one from third grade me. So I'm in third grade. I guess I'm about nine. And my brother and I, very close, my brother, who's two years older than I am, we were pretty sedentary kids. We watched a lot of TV, like 1970s and 80s, but mostly 1970s um, sitcoms. Like, really? We should, <laughs> we should join some trivia group on 1970s sitcoms. We were experts. We watched so much TV. And, um, and we just, that's just what we did. That's what we did. We watched a lot of TV. So back then there was no fast forwarding through the commercials. You had to just watch the commercials or take a bathroom break. And I remember, uh, and we would memorize the commercials. We would like, we would gamify the commercials. My brother happens to be like the most awesome person ever that when, I mean, going to the grocery store is fun with him. Like everything feels like a party when you're hanging out with him. And he's always been that way. And he also was the rare brother that he was always, he was nice to me. Like he played with me. We were great friends. We were playmates. Um, and, and he was really mostly nice to me, except for on Saturday mornings. Like he always would get up at the crack of dawn and whoever got into the living room first had control of the remote. And I never could get up early enough. And he'd like take the best chair and he'd hog the remote and he'd make me watch things like Super Friends. Um, and I wanted to watch Scooby-Doo. It was a whole thing. So except for him not being very fair about the Saturday morning uh, cartoon schedule because back then also you could only like sat, cartoons happened on Saturday mornings or when it was a holiday like when it was a Frosty the Snowman special or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer but we couldn't just like watch cartoons whenever we wanted so we're watching TV and I guess I, it was when Weight Watchers started becoming uh, popular and what they must have had some good marketing because I, next thing you know, I went to my mom and I convinced her that she needed to sign me up for Weight Watchers. And of course, my poor brother got dragged along with, a, with me 
because if I was doing it, he was doing it. And since we were so sedentary, like we were, you know, we were a little fluffy. We'll just say that. And people who meet me now, they're like, really? You were a chubby kid? And I'm like, until third grade. Until third grade. After third grade, no. But until third grade, I was. I was. And, um, and I remember, like, I wasn't happy about it. Like, by third grade, I already had noticed that I didn't like how my body looked. Um, I, I mostly think that it was that I noticed that the smaller girls got more attention from the older kids or the teachers. Like they were, you know, in third grade, you're still young enough to be cute. And, um, and I wasn't thought of as so cute. Like I was kind of tall. I was a little thick um, for me, for my body size. For my body size, I would say I was, and I think something about it, I knew it, and um, and I didn't like it, okay? And so I didn't, I even do remember getting teased. There was a boy, and I remember like when they would make us stay in for PE in the gym, and they would split us up into relay race teams. I remember this boy named Jimmy Brown, um, who I ended up carpooling with when I was older, and being friendly with and he was fine. But I remember in third grade, I felt pretty tortured by him. He would make fun of me and my stomach would jiggle. And I remember one time I was running relay race in the gym and like my pants came unsnapped. It was super mortifying. And, um, and he really made fun of me about that. And so, um, so I didn't like any of that stuff. So then I see that, I guess I had seen the Weight Watchers commercial several times and they're showing like all these before and afters of mostly women who are just like so happy and the trimmer versions of themselves. And there was some part of my little nine-year-old self that decided that Weight Watchers was going to be the answer to all my problems. And so I pled my case to my mom and I convinced her to sign me up. And so for six months, we went every single week, me and my mom and my brother, and we went to meetings and weigh-ins and there were speakers and they shared recipes and we took notes and I hung on every word. I loved it. I loved every part of it. I loved every part. I loved the excitement of finding out if I had lost half a pound or a pound. I loved hearing about all the recipes. I loved all the ladies feeling good about themselves and laughing. I loved all of it. Sometimes there were some tears shed. Um, it was like my first introduction probably to self-help. And, um, and so I loved it. I loved learning the recipe for tuna fish with red wine vinegar and garlic powder instead of using mayo because I hate mayo. Um, and I always hated mayo. And so all of a sudden I was learning all these recipes and um, the weighing the food and what portion size looked like. I was educating my brain on how to solve this problem that I thought was actually the root of all my problems uh, at the time, that if only I could look different on the outside, then I would get the attention that I wanted from mostly the adults in my life. Um, and, and then I would be able to feel better. Then I would be able to feel more confident. There was something that I just felt like this was the key to the happiness kingdom. So I, I soaked it all in. I loved it. And, um, and I ended up losing eight pounds. My little nine-year-old body lost eight pounds. My brother lost 12 pounds. And especially once the pounds were off, 
I started getting a lot of attention, especially from the teachers at school. And um, I guess it was a pretty noticeable difference. And, um, and so the word started spreading. I, I'm sure I talked about it. I'm sure like I was like, oh, I just was on Weight Watchers and these teachers had seen the same commercials I had. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, if you show weight loss results, no matter what age you are, to adult women, you, you, you are like instantly popular. And so I was popular with the teachers. And I remember one day where they were all gravitating around me and it was at lunch. We were eating outside. It was a pretty day and I had my little lunch kit. And I remember like, like four or five teachers all gathering around me from different grades. It wasn't even, it was my teacher. And then it was teachers from other grades and they wanted to inspect and see everything that I had packed. And they want, and I was like, telling them about it, educating them. They were smiling from ear to ear. Everyone was happy. I got to be this little information resource sharer. Um, they were all complimenting me on how good I looked. And, um, and I loved it. I did. I loved it. And I remember thinking that that felt so good. And I think I thought it felt so good to like, be able to like buy clothes that all of a sudden I wasn't nervous they would be too tight, you know, and be embarrassed when my mom was like, really? That size 12 doesn't fit you? You know, like I remember like being like, okay, I don't have to, like everything's fitting. Everything looks good. And when I try it on, it feels good. And then I get compliments. Like I thought it was all about that. But I really think that I loved feeling special and knowledgeable and getting admiration from the grown-ups. I think I loved feeling seen and respected. And I loved feeling confident. That's really what I loved. And I think this is all anyone really wants, to feel seen and respected. And, you know, it feels really good to show up feeling confident as your best self, not second guessing yourself or feeling self-conscious about how you look or how you feel. And the truth is, you guys, like this Weight Watchers story, like I could sit in all the shoulds of this story. Like no child should ever feel less than or invisible because of their body. We can all agree on that. I could definitely sit there. I could, I could camp out there and pitch a tent and stay for a really long while. And even though I agree with that, I do, I agree. No child should ever feel invisible or not like their best self because of their body size. I also choose to focus on how my little nine-year-old self showed up when I was faced with the challenge, right? Like I wasn't feeling confident. That was my, the problem really was I wasn't feeling good about myself. I wasn't feeling confident and I didn't like it. So what did I do? I did some research. My research happened to fall in between sitcoms. The commercials were my research. I watched commercials and I found a resource that I thought would help, that appealed to me, that all of a sudden my brain was like, hmm, maybe that could solve my problem. Weight Watchers. So then my resourceful self also figured out, well, I need to sign up for that program. And so I found a way to sign up for the, for the program. I convinced my mom. I took action. And then what did I do? I followed through. I followed the program to the T. 
I learned how to eat in a less caloric way and I shed the pounds, which I thought was the, the key to the happiness kingdom. And as a result, I did show up more confidently, but really it was because I neutralized the issue for myself. Like I neutralized the issue. Now, all of a sudden, it wasn't like after I lost the weight and after that initial burst of attention happened that I was constantly saying, oh my gosh, I'm so skinny. I feel so great. I think it was just that I didn't feel self-conscious about my body anymore. So there was a challenge. I did the research. I took action. I followed through and I neutralized that problem. And it's true today. I think it's pretty cool when you can, you know how you're wired, you know how you work. I, I use all these assessments in my mastermind to help people understand how they're wired better. Because when you understand yourself, you can look at all these different moments in your life and see whenever you were faced with a challenge, well, how did I tackle that challenge? And if you know your natural method for tackling a challenge, then everything becomes figure outable, right? Like, like I know that I am a researcher and an action taker. I never sit in complacency. Like it would never be an option for me to sit in complacency. Like I always work to find solutions when I feel stuck or unhappy. Now, there is a shadow side of that. I can, I could, like for a lot, it's like, I, you know, that can be a little impulsive. I try this and I try this and I try this and I try this. Um, or like when I bought theater tickets recently in New York City that I thought I was buying on Ticketmaster and it turns out I bought it for the wrong date and they were like resale tickets and like my impulsivity of just wanting it to get the tickets bought and get it off the to-do list and take action and make it happen didn't look that when the page refreshed, it changed the date, a thousand dollars worth of tickets down the tubes. So there's a shadow side to it. Right. And so I know like in my life, I am not great with details. I have to surround myself with detail per people when I'm feeling super impulsive and I just want to push the button by, I know I have to take a deep breath and I need to call in my detail people to make sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. But I don't beat myself up about that because I've learned that. But mostly I focus on I'm a researcher and I'm an action taker. And that's exactly what I did with the Weight Watchers. Um, so I think, you know, looking at what you want to focus on, there's a couple of things here. Looking at what you want to focus on rather than sitting in the shoulds, I think is pretty important. I also think that there's another part about understanding how your brain is wired to face a challenge you know, and really, and really honoring that and not making yourself wrong, right? For like, well, I did. Look, I beat myself up over that, those thousand dollar tickets. <laughs> I mean, but then I got over it and I moved on and I'm like, okay, lesson learned from now on. Like, like, you know, we just did it last weekend where we were going, me and my daughter were going to look at a puppy. Um, and we knew we were going to fall in love. There was no way we weren't going to come home with a puppy. But look, we, our dogs live to be 15, 18 years old. And so we took, you know, my husband with us because I was like, okay, we need somebody who's going to be the voice of reason to make sure that we don't come home with a puppy unless it's meant to be. Because if it's left up to 
the two of us, we will definitely be coming home with a puppy. And he was like, yeah, I'm coming. Um, so you just surround yourself. But the reality is really like not sitting in the shoulds, not beating ourselves up for the way we're wired and the way we're not wired, knowing how you're meant to tackle a challenge and, and, and always, you know, being willing to learn what's the message, what's the lesson. And look, the reality is the message I got when I signed up for Weight Watchers was you, your body is not okay the size that it is and you're less worthy of, of other people's attention if you're not a very specific size, okay? That is the message. And, and, and for the record, I do hope that we stop sending kids those messages. Like, that is wrong. I wish I had never received that message. I wish no child ever received that message. I wish no person ever received that message. And in this story, I do choose to focus on how interesting that my little nine-year-old self way back when tackled the problem, the challenge that I saw at that moment, and I tackled it in the exact same way I still tackle problems and challenges today. Sort of cool. Sort of cool to kind of study and investigate yourself and put the puzzle pieces of your life together in a way that doesn't have to feel sad or or shoulty. You don't have to should all over yourself. Like I don't have to create a story that sounds like a victim narrative. This story about Weight Watchers and me not being happy with the size of my body and and doing all, you know, being on a program for six months and not getting the attention that I wanted because I wasn't the size and being bullied by the boy and the relay race. Like this could have a totally different narrative, but would that be useful or helpful for me? Would it be, would it make me feel good? No, it would make me feel terrible. So instead, it's interesting to find these puzzle pieces and then to look at it and dissect it not from my wounded child self, but from my adult self-aware self. See, there's a difference there. So, and I think it's easy to go to that, to the wounded child self, because unless you've cleaned up that wounded child stuff with the right tools and resources and support, like you are going to stay stuck there. You are going to stay wrapped in that victim story. So if you find yourself there, don't beat yourself up like you been beaten up enough. Don't beat yourself up for, oh gosh, that sounds like me. I am, I'm totally doing the wounded victim thing. I've done it too. We all do. It's part of the process. But just be on to yourself and, uh, and find the right support to help you shift out of that so that you can rewrite the story of your life in a way that just feels better and more useful. That's what I've got for you guys. Have a great one. Are you ready to start having productive conversations? Have you been listening to the podcast for a while and you hear me go through my three-step productive conversation process to solve any problem and you're thinking, how does she do that? Guess what? I made a really cool resource for you guys. I call it the problem-solving one sheet. Okay, it's one sheet front and back, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it will walk you through how to have productive conversations and you'll practice and before you know it, you'll be having productive conversations all day, every day. It really is the solution to solve any problem. 
so you can download it at mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving. All one word. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving. All one word.